Welcome to Building with Brick, Foundational Wisdom on Coaching, Careers, and Christ. This leadership podcast was spawned by Coach Brickner's book, So You Want to Be a Coach, which is the story of a corporate executive who made a drastic career change and became a head men's basketball coach. Dr. Brickner's book is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook on Amazon.com or go to his website, www.drjoebrickner.com. That's drjoebrickner.com. Now, here's this week's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. My guest, Richard Consum, uh, an athletic professional, has been at a lot of different levels, spent many years at KU, extremely important roles that he played as an assistant AD there. Came to Benedictine College, where I was coaching at the time, and was our athletic director. Uh, Only spent about a year and a half with us, unfortunately, and then he made the huge mistake of going to a Jesuit college. <laughs> Ends up at Rockers University in Kansas City. Um, when, when, when Richard was hired by Benedict, and I'm not sure if he even knows this or not, but <clears throat> we had an opening for an AD. And our president came to me and he said, hey, I've got a, a letter here from a Richard Consum at KU. He's the assistant AD there. What do you think? And I said, hire him. That's all I, I said, hire that man. And, and I had known Richard because, again, I mentioned a little bit earlier, I knew his wife before uh, Richard was married to her. And, uh, and I happened to be at a couple functions where Richard was, and I, I knew that he was just a quality person. And with that, that experience and that background, uh, he'd be perfect for us. I mean, it... We'd be blessed to even think about having him as an AD. So I said, Steve, you got to hire this guy. He will be great. And and I wasn't disappointed. When Richard came in, things changed. And, and I can talk a little bit about some of my experience with, with Richard, but I'd, I'd rather hear from him as to what he saw, the differences between going from some prestigious place like KU to a small college where athletics aren't prestigious necessarily. They're, they're kind of a, a need. And as he talked about earlier, they're, they're a drive for enrollment, especially for mm-hmm. men. So Richard, how about your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think anytime you enter a, a new job or a new position, uh, particularly if you're going to be the AD or in a leadership position, the first things you need to do are look, listen, and learn. And, 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 and that was the easiest thing uh, for me, just to get there, see what was going on, listen to the coaches, give them a, a forum to, you know, hey, what do you need, you know? And, and, and then let's kind of sort this out and learn about it and then try to figure out within the parameters of the school and their priorities and the budget and resources and all that, what you can do. And, um, I will tell you, it, it restored my faith back in college athletics because when I got to Benedictine, it was 2006, and it was a little bit more like the world I'd walked into at KU as a student in 1976, you know. <laughs> um, 
And because we weren't where we are today in Division One college athletics with it totally being out of control. And when you're paying coaches eight or nine million dollars a year, it's ridiculous. OK, and we've completely lost sight of what it is. But this restored my faith in, in how it was. And I love the camaraderie of, of the department. And because you were all working together, you could you, you needed to root for each other and help each other. And, and coaches would be at each other's events and because there isn't any other staff and all that. so. So I, I really, you know, liked all that and then looked for simple solutions. Um, and, and I always know that um, a physical appearance, an office, uh, set, you know, setting something up, all those things just enhance, you know, and, and, and bring a more positive light to everybody. So you have to do something that somebody can, you know, reach out and touch and see and feel. And um, um, as you mentioned, my wife and, and you were both former Southwestern Bell employees. In fact, Bob Davis calls my wife Ma Bell and calls me the wrong number. And uh, so uh, I became aware that they were, as they were downsizing offices, they had offices full of uh, Herman Miller furniture, you know, office furniture that they would give away to charitable organizations. And so we, we went through the process and yeah, Benedictine would qualify. And so, uh, you know, went to Topeka to their uh, old building that they used to lease and they were getting rid of and and met with the lady and said, hey, here's here's kind of what we're looking for. And here's the office and, and, you know, learned how to get all the parts and pieces and learned how to put together Herman Miller furniture. Um, and I will tell you, same thing happened when I got to Rockers, you know. Not much had happened in that area, and um, and so we did that. And then, you know, the other big thing that impacted, you know, basketball. I was, I was, when I got there, I was stunned at where your office was. I mean, coach, you were in, you were in the the closet, the janitor's closet. I mean, you know, down in the gym. I mean, it was it's a nice enough gym, and it's all that, but you know, no windows. No, I mean, it was like, oh boy, we got to do something about this, and um, and then by looking around and seeing the space that wasn't used. And in the old gym, there was a, a very old locker room area that nobody was using and you wouldn't want anybody to use it. And so <clears throat> was able to move the, the weight equipment. And, you know, that was the, the stationary four square weight. I don't even, universal gym, I think they called them. You know, that was about what we had. But move it into that area, and then you were able to, you know, through your contacts with, with a former player and alum, get the money together, and we'd get a basketball office for men's and women's basketball and 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 volleyball, and, and you know, looked out over the gym, and it was a nice area, you know. And so, I mean, that was a, and, and you know, that was good for the staff. The players saw that we're, we're making a commitment. You know, you had tried, in, you know, with the players specifically better lockers, better locker room and all that kind of thing. So those are just the kind of simple things, you know, you looked at. Um, I also knew and, and was smart enough to figure out that Coach Wilcox was the football program and leave him alone, <laughs> you know, let him go do it. And, and he had that thing under control and mm -hmm. he knew what he wanted and he was, had his own, you know, staff around him. And, and so stay out of his way. And, and that's another thing that you have to learn as an AD or as a leader. There are some people, get out of their way. 
they're doing a great job. They're doing fine. Don't mess it up. And when I got to Rockers, you know, our soccer coach now is Tony Toko. He's in his 52nd year. Okay. Yeah. Tokes is the second winningest all time soccer coach in the history of man. Okay. Get out of his way. Yeah. You know, let him, let him do it. Coach, yeah. if you need some help, tell me. Otherwise, yeah. go do it. And, and then concentrate on that because there are some coaches, younger coaches, might need a little bit of guidance or, you know, you say, you know, you did it this way, but this might be a better way to do it. Or, you know, how can we help you in, in this particular area? So look, listen and learn and, and try to go about that way. Show that you care. Showing up, okay, going to the games. Mm -hmm. It's not hard stuff, okay? Now, at Benedictine and Rockers, you don't have much choice because <laughs> – there isn't anybody else to do it, okay? You've got the sports information director who's in between the two of you, you're probably the game managers, you know? You're setting up the tables and chairs and you're making sure the shot clock works and all that kind of stuff. I mean, and somebody's got to get the cash box together to have the volunteer from in town come and sell the tickets, you know, to yeah. the game. I mean, so you don't have much choice there. But if you show up and care, um, I was always struck by – something that happened at Rockers my first year. Um, our, our men's and women's soccer team were playing for the conference championship. And it was, at, it was at Rolla, Missouri. Now, you can't get to Rolla, Missouri from Kansas City. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a tough one. Yeah. Well, they were playing in Missouri S&T over there. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And I drove over and, and was there for the, for the soccer matches. And after, and the women always play before the men. And after the women's match, and we won, and I'm standing there watching the men's team, and the women's soccer coach walked over to me. He said, Hey, he said, next time you do this, can you time your arrival a little bit different? I'm right in the middle of my pregame talk, and the girls look over and say, Oh my God, our athletic director's here to watch us play. <laughs> you know, destroying my pregame time, I'm trying to get them all ready, and you distracted them. But again, the message was that made a big impression on those kids. Yeah. You know, someone from the administration cared enough to drive to Rolla, Missouri on a Sunday to watch them play. I didn't think anything of it. Okay, that was my nature. I'd always done that at KU. I mean, and so I treated them the same as I would have treated Roy Williams basketball team, you know, and, and that was uh, the, the lesson in that. So that, that was just the kind of things that I thought were important. Well, I remember specifically when, when you got there um, and you were always a great benefit to me, but you were going to all the events. It didn't matter if it was volleyball or if it was soccer, where it didn't matter where it was, you went to those. And I thought, wow, is he committed or what? Because that had not been the way it had been before you got there. And part of that's because quite often the AD was also a head coach or an assistant coach or something. Right. Like, you know, and so you're worried about your own sport and trying to administer all these other sports and you don't have the time to go. And, and for you to do that, though, and it, it really did show that you cared. And and me personally, I mean, it was amazing. I, I, I love the fact that while you were there, I didn't have to worry about game day management. I mean, 
before you got there, it didn't matter who the AD was, I still had to set up the gym, you know, get all the tables out and get all the chairs out, uh, make sure that the clocks are all set up, make sure I've got people set up to run the clocks, you know, and the only thing I didn't have to worry about was taking the tickets because Lee Gomez and Angie had done right. it for 30 some years and they just kept doing it, which is great. But it was so nice to have somebody else take that pressure off of you. And I say in my book, you know, that I don't know how many times I'd be watching that door to see if Nellie was going to come in. Nellie was, you know, the, the clock guy. Right. <laughs> doesn't show up. I'm dead. And uh, about three minutes before game time, in comes Nellie every time. But it was always yeah. about three minutes before game time. Same way with the singing the national anthem. You know, I, I was, I'd look up into the stands and try and find somebody that could sing the national anthem. So it was uh, just a blessing to have somebody take that pressure off of you. And, and again, I say in the book, you know, I didn't have a great record at uh, Benedictine, but the year that you were there, we won 20 games. And, yeah, I know. I know. Not an well, just, just a couple comments on that. Um, one, I think it's hard to be a head coach of a team and the athletic director. I think that's almost an impossible situation because your, your primary focus by default is going to be to your team. Right. And, and, you know, and, and it's going to be hard to do it, you know, with, with the other sports. Secondly, I was coming in from KU. And while you were thrilled by that and you thought that all that, there were a lot of people who thought this guy's going to come in and big time us. And he's come from this big school and he's going to expect to be catered to and he's not going to do anything. And one, that wasn't my nature. And two, I felt I needed to go the extra step, although for me it was the same as how I treated it at KU, to make sure that people understood that I was there to work and I cared about Benedictine, you know, and that was the most important thing. And I never, ever wore a KU shirt on the Benedictine campus, ever. And there was nothing, I mean, I never pulled that. And, um, and, and I think some people need to learn that. Um, you know, it, it's, you're, you're employed by the school, you're employed by, and you need to be 100% dedicated and loyal to them. Yep. I do understand there is, and, and I had a hard time with this, and I've come to figure it out a little bit more the longer I've been at Rockhurst. It, it is okay because our players have certain D1 schools they root for, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and they're still Rockhurst guys and alums now at KU you don't have that I mean you're, you're only KU right but I have figured out that if you're at Benedictine or if you're at um, Rockhurst you can still have a D1 school you can root for and, and I don't care if you wear their shirt or apparel that that's okay right just like you root for a major league team or whatever that that's that's okay and that's acceptable um, but I was trying to do that because I didn't want to I, I didn't want to big time anybody and and that's how I wanted to do it from before so Thank you for your compliments on that. That was it was terrific. Um, speaking of KU shirts, etc., I've been in your basement. <laughs> oh my god, it's almost like walking into Allen Fieldhouse with wow. the that you see. It's absolutely amazing. You've got a picture with about every guy that's ever been involved with KU and. Uh, Tell us about some of your favorite things that you you have in your basement, some of the memories maybe that, that brings back. 
Well, the, the, the favorite thing I have is the original floor from Allen Fieldhouse from, that they used from 1955 to 1974, and it's the face of the bar that you see over here, and it's actually the free throw line. Um, you know, in the mid-70s, uh, throughout the country, we made this move away from hardwood floors to those rubber tartan surface floors, and KU did the same thing, and those turned out to blow out more ankles and more knees than – anything they ever did it was really a bad move it was kind of like when they built those schools and circular pods without walls you know yeah. <laughs> that whole concept from the 70s that didn't work either you know so uh, but but um but but have that and and uh that floor when they took it out of the field house they stored it at memorial stadium down under the stadium but of course it wasn't climate controlled or anything so the floor all warped and everything because it was outside it was, it, while it didn't get rained on, it was just covered by a tarp, but it was exposed to the elements. So um, uh, in 1978, they were redoing a bunch of the concrete work in the stadium, which was built in 1923, by the way. And a guy came through from Indiana looking for a summer job named John Wooden and helped pour concrete at Memorial Stadium in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> and so um, anyway, the concrete was old and they were redoing it. Well, they were hauling sections of the floor out and just hauling them off. And I went to Floyd Temple, who was our baseball coach, and our he also did facilities for us. And I'm just the lowly track manager. And I said, Coach, can I have some of that floor? Haul whatever you can haul off. <laughs> and so I got two big four by eight sheets of Allen Fieldhouse floor, yeah. the original. And we just took it and we got it to the farm and stored it there. And then finally, when we were fortunate to build our house here, figured out what to do with it. So that's, so that's kind of the deal. And then, and then there's just a lot of pictures because I, and that is the thing you need to take away from college athletics. Yeah. Coaches have a record wins and loss and all that, but the real record is the relationships you have with players, other coaches, fellow coaches. And then that's been the most rewarding thing to me. And as you and I get older, it becomes even more important. I mean, yeah, I can still recall game details and all that kind of stuff. But I, I would tell you, I, I left KU in 2003. In 2008, I was fortunate enough, and because, again, because of my wife and a ticket connection through AT&T, we got tickets to the Final Four in San Antonio. And that's where KU played, and KU won the national championship. And our tickets happened to be positioned when you walked – to the temporary seats that were on the other side of the floor from the normal permanent setup uh, there at the Alamo Dome, you had to walk across this walkway and then past these seats. Well, our seats were right there. When you walk across the walkway, you walk right past our seats. And so all the former KU players, and again, I'd been there since, as a student since 1976, had to come across there. And, I, and I've told people that was for me, the most satisfying personal and professional weekend of my career that, you know, 30 years of former KU basketball players came through and glad to see you. And it was, and, you know, exchange greetings and everybody was just thrilled. And it was, and it told you that relationships were the most important thing. So, you know, that's, that, that's the piece of it. So that, that's why, what, that's what's on the wall. It, it's reminders of those people and relationships. You know, I had that similar experience 
uh, I think it was the first year that Benedictine qualified for the national tournament after I left there. Uh -huh. And I was sitting up in the stands. And then, as you know, whenever Benedictine qualifies for the national tournament here in Kansas City, I mean, they just pack the place. The one whole side is going to be nothing but Benedictine people. As soon as the game's over, the place empties. And I happened to be sitting in an area where everybody had to walk by, too, uh, behind me. And I spent... And, and at the NAIA tournament, you know, you go to the game before, you go to the, your team's game, and then usually you stay and watch at least half the next game. Well, I, don't, I didn't see anything on the court because so many people walked behind me and stopped and, and started talking. And it was just, it was so gratifying, you know, to know that people cared. Right. And, and when, you, when you have a love for an institution like you had for KU and I had for Benedictine, et cetera, people are just so important and yeah. for you to be able to see them again, you know, and you may never see them again the rest of your life, but be able to see them again and just to, to give them a hug, you know, it, there's nothing like it. So yeah. I can certainly relate to your experience in, in San Antonio. Some of the guys still wanted meal money because I used to hand out meal money on the trips and they were asking me for meal money. Eric Chenoweth, you know, Conzo, I need some cheese, you know, so... <laughs> Oh, uh, um, let's talk a little bit about golf coach. Okay. And, and um, I know that being an athletic director and being a supervisor of coaches is one thing, but then becoming a coach, you know, did you notice anything different about playing that role as opposed to being the AD? You know, was there anything new that, that uh, came about? Um. I'll be honest with you, I didn't, but that's because of my role as the sports supervisor and the fact that I did travel for football and basketball at KU. So for all those years, I was at every game and I was on every road trip and I was at the team meals and all that. So, and, and the coaches were very, very good. Coach Williams and Coach Mace, all that. And I got to be a part of that. So I saw how that operated and I, and I almost had a role as, as an assistant coach, uh, I guess. Yeah. And so that made this, you know, really easy for me. Um, and then the other thing was um, because of my role at KU and being the administrator, I told, I always told the players, if you've got a file folder with your name on it in my desk, that's a problem, <laughs> okay? Because <laughs> I had to deal with, issues the the problem issues the, so you know the something would happen with a player the coach would get involved and then all of a sudden now I'm dealing with it so I guess I had a lot of experience dealing with um issues that players might come up against and and do and very frankly at Benedictine and Rockers I don't have much I, I mean you just rarely run into you know problem issues um we're we're we eliminate the issue of bringing in kids who are academically unqualified. I mean, they're just not going to get into our school. And that's a whole different deal than at KU. I mean, it's an open admission school versus, you know, both of ours, you know, where, where it's different. So when you take away the, the academic component, that solves a lot of problems. And, and then if you, you recruit really good quality kids, you eliminate any other issues you might have with somebody that uh, might get in trouble with the law or whatever. So, you know, I, I kind of dealt with all that. So for me, uh, not really. 
the harder thing for me has been the aging process. And now when they come in with their parents on a recruiting visit, I sometimes have to think, oh my God, I, the parents are the ones that I'd feel more comfortable recruiting them. They're, you know, but, you know, because it's the next generation down, you know, and, and that, uh, uh, so I don't know how coaches who, you know, continue to do it to get to be 70 are, are still able to do it and relate um, because it has changed a lot. And, and I'll say things, uh, one of the things I'll say, you've been in our gym at Rockers, okay? The old Mason Halpin field house. Yeah. And, and I'll say, welcome to our Hoosiers gym. That's right. <laughs> Mom and dad will understand. Yeah. The kids will look at me like, what's he talking about? Yeah. Because they don't know the movie Hoosiers. And, and, they're, and you know, there are just things like that. And that movie was in 1986. Okay? Yep. And there are just things that and, – and, and I'm getting these recruiting forms now and, you know, list the kids' birth dates, you know, and, and they were born in 2003. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, that's the last year I was at KU. You know, and, and so, you know, you'd say Wilt Chamberlain or you'd – you know, if I'd say Jim Riley, they'd have no idea, you know, so – that, I mean, that is the thing that uh, I guess uh, being able to relate today uh, is different. And on the road, they'll come up with language and say some, you know, term that I guess you and I used to call slang terms or whatever. And they'll say, that's really saucy, coach. I, go, I have no idea what you're talking about. Is that good or bad? You know? <laughs> so I guess that's the, that's the change and that's the part that I'm dealing with. That's good. Richard, I think we're going to take another quick break. Okay. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how your faith has affected how you've managed and, and how you coach, et cetera. And then uh, maybe some of the difficulties of being in a, a married state when you've got so much responsibility and, and you're away from home so much, you know. And right how you try to deal with that, a uh, couple of those topics. That, and then the last thing I'd like to talk about is what would your advice be uh, to somebody that wants to get into coaching or into athletic administration for a career standpoint? So yeah, okay, we'll, good. We'll talk about those things. 